Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Welcome to Tend Her Wild. In today's episode, Kate and I are going to explore the vast topic of masculine versus feminine energy and all its forms, how we've been personally healing this within ourselves and what this means more collectively for all of us. Yes, it's a big topic. Big topic. Hi, Kate. Thanks for joining me today for this Big thing that we've been actually talking about for quite a while, you and I, in different formats and different ways. And I think just these last couple of weeks for both of us have catalyzed some new ideas. And yeah. so we're excited to begin to dive in and share just even our personal journeys with these concepts, which can be hard at first, I think, to grasp. Uh, but hopefully we'll lay it out in a way today that allows people to see that it applies to all of us. Yeah, I've learned so much lately about it. And I feel like it's taken me 50 years to kind of yeah. grasp a little bit more about that it's not an either or. And it's it's um, it's a really important concept to consider in your own life. Like I yeah. didn't, until I started kind of working on it, I didn't realize what an impact it has. Yeah. And how how we're driven, what we're drawn to. It's, who it's we really attract, foundational. Yes. who we repel, yeah, yes. it is foundational. So let's maybe start by defining it. And I think this is where it can get really murky. And I actually created a worksheet on this that we'll add in the show notes as a PDF for anyone who wants to download this. Um, but it's sort of breaking out that as humans, we all hold masculine energy and feminine energy. And this has nothing to do with gender. So we have to really say this at the outset. This has nothing to do with our gender, our gender orientation, our sexual orientation. This has to do with the fact that all of us hold. And I think sometimes it's defined as masculine versus feminine, but those those terms can actually be confusing because then we do apply gender Gender. to it. Mm -hmm. So we could also talk about it as yin versus yang or sun versus moon, uh, day versus night, dark versus light. You know, there's many ways to describe it. These opposite actions or opposite energies, but that they're so entwined. They're not. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a good way to frame that because it takes it out of the setting of uh, gender. Um, but in our culture, we often use those terms. We do. So we they're, do. They're maybe a little more accessible to people, but it yeah. is a nice way to think that it's not just, you just have to think. Yes, about this it. isn't a man versus woman <clears throat> discussion today. No. <laughs> and the overall message we want to really relay today is that it's about balance and it's about integration. And so hopefully right. this conversation will make you think about where your imbalances. Maybe you're really heavy on the masculine energy and you need to draw in more feminine or 
Maybe you need to find your masculine voice in a new way. And so we want you just to be doing kind of your own self-study as we're describing and talking through this topic today. Right. Yeah. So So do you want to describe, which of these do you want to describe? Do you want to go into the masculine? Do you want to go in the feminine? I'm drawn to the feminine. Ah, okay, beautiful. (laughs) So yeah, just start to describe what the feminine energy feels like. Ironically, I found this ironic myself. It's, It's the dark... And the moon. Yeah. It's the night. And it's passive. It's also the winter, which I think of as, as a darker period. Yeah. Um, nurturing, kind, and gentle, which seems, you know, that that's something I would assume. Um, intuitive. Um, a little bit passive, but also receptive. Mm-hmm. Um, the right brain. Which is creativity. Creative brain, yeah. Yeah. Um, Abiding calm. And one of my favorite words, surrender. Mm, Yeah. Which is the feminine. Yeah. Um, Self-soothing. The heart, love, and compassion. And then obviously one of our favorite new words, the wild. Wild. The feminine is the wild. Yes. And natural. Yeah. Um, Expansive. Complex. Mm. I feel that one a lot. Complex. Complex. Like there's a complexity to the feminine. Yeah. Multifaceted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sensual. Vulnerable. Expressive. um, Being cooperative. Mm -hmm. And and more of a sharing mode, which obviously I I feel that. Um, And then... Your patience and your tolerance is your feminine. Yeah. I also want to add um, wise wisdom is really associated with the feminine. And as you were talking, I'm realizing that um, for most of us, because we live in a a patriarchal culture, um, the feminine is also more unknown. It's already kind of under the surface and a little diffuse and mysterious, but for most of us, the feminine is much more unknown to us. And whatever's unknown to us tends to be scary. Yes. So even though these qualities of like calm and surrender and compassion and soothing and intuitive don't on the surface feel scary, they actually are mm-hmm. for most of us on some level, if we admit it, we're actually a little scared of the feminine and our feminine because it's been so repressed in our culture and it is so under the surface. We don't know it. It's not out there for us to look at in the light of day. So we tend to push it away or even be um, disdainful of it. Well, and that's the vulnerability of the feminine too. Like we are constantly um, kind of running from vulnerability in our society. And so- um, that is a, that's scary yeah. for people. Yeah. We, we just talked about that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability is, is actually power. It but, is. But it is scary and it is hard. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, I just want to sit in the feminine here I for know, a moment. If you- <laughs> yeah, and feels- that's, and that's embracing that side. Um, I think we all have more work to do in that area. Yeah. So I think that's why in reading these, you know, you, there's, I'm drawn to do more of that. Just sitting here right now, it's like, not that there's one that's right or wrong, but it's these, 
there's a softness that is yeah. really palpable. Yeah. And you're correct. There is not one that is right or wrong. We need both of them. We feel best when they're in balance. And I would say because of the culture we live in, we all have work to do around tending more to our feminine. Yes. Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're trans, we all have, I think, more work just because this energy has been so repressed and pushed down culturally that for all of us, we need to do a little bit more work on healing our inner feminine. And if you think about the last few years, the need for this, I mean, we can talk about it a little more later, but it, through leadership, through just dealing with life, these qualities have become higher order. Like yes. We have needed these yes. in our leaders. We've needed this, these in, in ourselves, the surrender, the compassion, um, the receptiveness. Yeah. Um, vulnerability. We've all been had to be so vulnerable to what the unknown. Yeah. There's been a lot of mystery and unknown in Mm -hmm. these last two years, which is feminine energy. And it's making me think about what have we been through mother earth? You know, this pandemic is definitely connected Mm. to mother earth and the planet and the imbalance in our planet. Yes. And mother earth has been trying to get our attention. So the feminine is like, Hey, wake up you guys. There's some work to do here. We're really out of whack. Um, so the feminine is definitely getting louder. It's trying to speak to us. It's trying to get our attention, which is kind of a big deal because the feminine is more soft and passive. So the fact that it's, um, speaking up more rising, I think is really saying like, oh, we've gone so far in the other direction of honoring the masculine that we have to rewrite. We have to find that balance point. Absolutely. All right. Well, let me talk about the masculine energy. Okay. So it's definitely uh, related to daytime, light, a lot of action, a lot of doing. We are in a masculine season right now, the season of summer. Mm-hmm. We can all feel that long days. You get lots done. You can stay up until 930 at 10 at night. You right. know, there's constant go, go, going. That's very masculine. Um, the masculine is very directed. It gets um, a lot of things done. There's clear scene. It's very logical, left-brained. Um, there's a lot of freedom, autonomy. Um, there's a lot of safety and security as well that comes with the masculine because it's such a, there's a sturdy and steadfastness mm-hmm. to it, right? So. Right. Um, it creates a lot of strong boundaries and a lot of strong um, kind of structure. It loves structure. It loves order. It loves, um, you know, having things in a really well laid out plan. Um, there can be a competitiveness to it. There's definitely like a drive and ambition. It's very penetrating energy. Um it's strong. And when it gets a little out of balance, it can look aggressive, right? But there's really the, the divine piece of the masculine is very, it's just so strong and stable. Um, goals are important to the masculine following up on goals, taking charge discipline, such a beautiful aspect of the masculine. Mm -hmm. It's like the discipline to get out of bed and to take structure and to finish projects and to move forward. So what we're describing is really aspects of the divine masculine, right? Right. Talk about the divine because 
Yeah. We can talk about masculine and feminine, but when you add the word divine, that's a good point. It really makes these characteristics feel, um, it takes them to a different level. It's like, yeah, these, it raises the importance and the, yeah. And I will, I I guess I just want to give a caveat too, that that word divine might put like a sour taste in some people's mouth. They might be like, Oh, I hate that idea of it being divine. What what is that? So I guess when I use that term, it refers more to, um, when these characteristics are in balance, like when they are in alignment with the order of how things are, um, created to be right. And that when our masculine, let's take a moment to describe when the masculine gets out of whack, what does it look like? It looks like power. It looks like war. It looks like aggression. It looks like killing. It looks like, um, uh, you know, harm. Um, it looks like emotional unavailability. It looks like harshness. Yes. And just like when the, the feminine gets out of whack, it looks like uh, passivity. It looks like cowering. It looks like um, holding back. It looks like uh, disconnection from intuition. It looks like doubt. Yes, it looks like shame. And so in some ways we maybe know the imbalance part of these energies more Better. than we know the divine mm-hmm. aspects of them. So I think that's why we're trying to help people understand what it looks like to be really in your divine masculine, your divine feminine. Right. Yeah. I always think of I love the words fierce softness because mm. to me that's that describes that fierce can be yeah uh, it's power um, but the softness allows it to be um, more palpable to me it's like yeah you know I love the juxtaposition of, of those words yeah and, um, yeah so when I think of masculine feminine balance it's fierce softness fierce softness that's beautiful and I teach a mudra in my yoga classes yes. Called a Bayavaruda mudra. I'll put a picture of it in the show notes. And um, one hand is cupped under your navel, which is like the receptive feminine, like I am open yes. to receive. And then the other hand is cupped right at your shoulder. It looks looks like the big no stop sign, and that's the masculine of like I'm not taking your shit. Take no, no shit. right? Yeah. So it's like uh, stay open to everything, but take no shit, right? Like, yes. and I think that is the balance between these two energies that were. We're trying, we're trying to stay open and compassionate and loving, but we also have to have strong boundaries when things are getting toxic and we have to say, no, that's not okay with me. Right. That's such a beautiful articulation of that. And yeah. So should we talk about it? So we had this, um, they happened at separate times, but we both have had this really big healing experience with Mm -hmm. Um, you with your feminine side and me with my masculine side within a couple of weeks. And neither of us knew that we were going to go through this. And actually just in the last couple of days, we've been talking in awe about, whoa, (laughs) you were healing your feminine. I was, right. And so I I think we should share like what we've both been through. So do you want to share about how your feminine has been healing and why it needed healing? Yeah. Um, well, your feminine is your left side, and I've had a lot of issues kind of with my left side, and recently through kind of a healing retreat, kind of released a lot, but in that release, what I've really done is open up that side. So mm-hmm. what I what I came to understand is I've really lo- I had locked down my feminine, and 
I'm still processing why, but in reading these words and understanding my roles in the world and how I was raised the oldest and yeah, had the oldest of three girls, yes, yeah. high expectations, entered a very um, masculine profession of law and had primarily male instructors and professors, um, primarily male counterparts when I was trying cases, very rarely against women. So I've been surrounded by the masculine very heavily. You have two boys. I have two boys. One girl. Yeah, I had no brothers. Um, So um, I think, and I think that's where I dug in and developed to find success. It was my ambition. It was me, you know, being more determined and feeling like I had to, I had to meet them where they were at. I had to, my masculine had to be at a certain, I had to show those traits to be successful. That's what was rewarded where I was. Um, And I think when I look back at like leaving law, there's a big part of that that was me I used to tell people I used to be creative. I used to, I used to paint, I used to draw, I used to do all these things. And, um, when I was in, in school, even in college, I danced, I did all these creative things. And then I did not know that about you. FYI. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm having just a little moment here of like, <laughs> wow. Cause yeah. I knew you were in sports and I knew you did it, but I didn't know you had this whole yeah. artist creative side to you. I did. And Ooh. And then, you know, went on uh, to law school. And I remember- and that'll nip the oh, feminine right out of you, won't it? Yes. And I, I remember telling people, like, you basically go to law school to get all the creativity beaten out of you. Yeah. And I used to joke about that, but really that's what happened was my, that part of me just kind of died yeah. off. And so even leaving the profession, when I really think about it, I- it was a world that I, I don't think I felt very authentic in and I couldn't, I couldn't articulate it at the time. And I'm really just now kind of understanding, wow, I, when I'm in situations where I, there is absolutely, I'm not activating that piece of me. I just don't, I feel like I'm in the wrong place, but I, I didn't understand that that was at the time. Yeah. Well, I'm having this moment. Um, you told the story on this podcast of the moment you knew you were going to leave the profession of law. And it was actually when you were in your feminine because your kids were on the floor opening pudding packs and like sprinkling cereal all over themselves. And you were in mama bear mode. And that was the moment you're like, I can't do this anymore. So do you see how your feminine in some ways came to to rescue you or to like open your eyes, show you the way, like the feminine's always been there for you. You just had to repress it so much to survive and to be successful in your field of law. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, even as a prosecutor, you can imagine like, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine being a prosecutor, but (laughs) yes. I mean, it, it felt like I was, I was stepping into uh, a character and playing mm. something. It, it never felt like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times when I'd be like, Oh, I, I want to dismiss this case. <laughs> like, mm. you know, I, there was a softness about me that was like, this doesn't fit yeah. me. Um, well, and that's, what's also interesting because, um, as long as I've known you, I've always felt your softness. I've always I watched think I can be that way around you though. 
Oh, maybe, maybe I just bring it out in you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I also could see how you would like tears would come to your eyes when we'd be talking about things. Like I always felt your softness, but what you were saying in all these other aspects of your life is that you were having to live from more of the masculine side because that's where you were trained to live from. That's what you had to, you had to hold it together. I know you've talked about too, like you were the one who had, was in charge of the kids and having to hold all of that together. And so you were really going into masculine mode in many ways, more often than not. Absolutely. So, and I think when you start to, when you start to draw attention to this for yourself, like I'm way more in tune now with spaces where I feel more feminine. And Mm. when those things naturally come out, the people that I'm around, the experiences. And, and that's where you start to sense where you're out of balance and when, you know, you're craving more of that. Yeah. So yoga for me is so feminine. Like that allows me for me. Yeah. Um, but there's also power in that. So I think that it, it it's a form of balance. Yeah. That yeah. Happens yeah. In that in yoga for me. So, um, yeah. So it's for me, the awareness piece, just once you start thinking about this stuff, I know. Like, wow, this explains so much. <laughs> explains. Like, okay. So I know you're new in this big release that you happen that happened for you. And like you said, you were carrying, by the way, can you tell our listeners what you were carrying on your left side? So yeah, in mind, body medicine, in a lot of yoga philosophy, we talk a lot about how the entire left side of the body represents your feminine side and the entire right side of the body represents your masculine side. So what do you feel like you're releasing? And then what is, how is this already showing up in your life, this more healed feminine? Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, it was releasing guilt. Mm. Um, I, I feel like I was holding a lot of guilt. Um, in your left side. Yeah. And probably, um, probably actually related to not feeling like I, you know, I mean, we always have guilt around our kids and did I do enough when they were young and my kids are kind of moving on. So, you know, in reflecting like how, how did I do, (laughs) you know? So there's always things you have guilt around with your kids. So some of that, um, by the way, I love your vulnerability right now. Her eyes are tearing up, <laughs> right? Whenever we talk about our children and, and that the guilt. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, but that's also feels to me like a feminine. I think guilt is an emotion that is experienced, can be experienced in both the masculine and feminine ways, but there is something about um, mama guilt. That's a real thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I think just in the period of my life I'm in that that came up for me and kind of releasing that they're going to be, they're going to be fine. They are. Okay. They're more than okay. Yeah. 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 So probably that. And, and, you know, just you kind of get, I don't know, I think of 50 is like halfway through life. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you do have a lot of feelings about like where you've been and how you got here and kind of all of those moments were necessary. Yeah. For my journey. And so there's a lot of like surrender too. Yeah. That has happened to me since or feeling of surrender because I wouldn't be who I am without those things. So as hard as maybe I'm like, oh, I could have made a different decision there. Why did I do that? I can't second. It's not, it's not for me to say that was just my journey. It's, Mm. it's learning from it and then growing, continuing to grow and 
So I think that's been, yeah, that's, that's continuing to happen now that I feel more open to understanding that I can actually bring those qualities and access my feminine and it doesn't weaken me. No, I feel stronger. It strengthens you, right? I think that's our point today. Yeah. Is that when you find a balance between these two energies, you are actually even more strong, more effective, more real, more authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious if you, that these words that we have on this sheet, masculine, feminine, you know, I know you're continuing to heal and really integrate your feminine. What's the word on that left side that jumps out at you that you're like, oh yeah, this is my current word that I'm trying to embody in my life. Oh, there's a lot. Um, I think expansive. Expansive. Yeah. I think I'm finally, mm. I, I've been in boxes a lot of my life mm. and I've tried to navigate the boxes and maybe tried to knock them down a few times, but now I feel like there's, that I can, that there's, there's room for expansion that I don't have to, I can do things a different way. I can, you know do my job in the way that feels authentic. I can be a mother in a way that feels authentic. Like I don't have to, there's not, there's not a set rule. It's just about Mm -hmm. like growing into yourself and being as expansive as you can. Yeah. And so for me, that's, there was a lot of freedom in kind of letting all that go. So then you feel expansive afterward. It's beautiful. Yeah. So what about you? Yeah. Okay. So again, so interesting that you were just doing all this internal feminine work and I ended up, um, was at a retreat in this past week and did not knowing that this is what I was going in to work with, but became very apparent very early that I was there to work with my inner masculine. Is that a surprise for you? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always, I've always known that my inner feminine has been really, um, Sala's not the right word because that's not what defines the feminine, <laughs> but um, has been very developed, right? Like uh, nurturing and intuition. Yeah, my profession's a very feminine profession, right? Yeah. Um, living in mystery, diffuseness. I mean, you come to therapy, there's no clear answers, right? right. And yeah. so I, I live, I, I kind of float in a world of this feminine energy. I know um, just in my parenting style, I am the, I am the nurturing, uh, receptive, sort of compassionate parent. Um, so, but I also thought that I you know, going through a competitive grad program, you know, really honed a lot of this masculine in me and I'm really quite logical and how I think about things. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. intellectual and analytical about a lot of stuff. I was trained as a scientist. So I feel like I also had this, these masculine qualities pretty well developed, but what came out for me and I think the healing that I'm in process, so I'm not done with this by any means Probably we never will be. We never will be. (laughs) But what I didn't realize is that I was carrying a lot of toxic masculine energy and that I was actually carrying a lot of um, anger and sort of bitterness at men. Wow. And this is really hard for me to admit, right? 
And a lot of it was very unconscious. Um, a lot of it started to bubble up for me actually, um, when Trump was president and when the Me Too movement started to come up. Um, again, I didn't really up until that point ever think about the anger that I was carrying towards masculine, the masculine, which mm -hmm. masculine energy is not men, right? But I was really projecting it onto men. My right. anger at sort of the toxic masculine, I was really projecting onto men. And that's the difference, right? Toxic yes. versus the divine. The divine. It is different. <laughs> much different. Much different. Yeah. But I even remember during that phase of my life, like big trucks with like big tires oh. would like set you off. Pass me yeah. on the interstate. And I have physical reaction. I will admit that I would flip them off and I would like swear at them. And this is not like my typical reaction, but the anger in me was yeah. really starting to boil and bubble forth. So those were some of my keys. And then, you know, I also started to have some memory surface of being harmed by men in the past. And so there were, there was just a lot brewing for me. But I, in this last week, really realized that my anger towards men has actually been anger towards myself, right? Mm. So I have, I, ha I have had, I've been living with my own inner toxic masculine. And I think that I haven't been able to embody a more divine masculine because I didn't really have examples of it because unfortunately in our culture, there are very few examples yeah. of the divine masculine. We live in a patriarchal culture, which is about power and money and control. And so that had become my inner Def masculine your as well, of masculine. right? Which is overwork, overdue, ambition, drive, right? Like yep. uh, superiority, right? Like be the best. Like these are all very sort of toxic masculine energies that I was also carrying in my life. And so- I'm now realizing that I am ready to heal that part of me mm -hmm. and live more in the the divine masculine, the healthy masculine, which is, yes, it's stable and it's safe and it's clear seen and it's productive and it's, it's focused, but it's not overdoing it. It's not over efforting. It's not pushing people away. It's not it's my way or the highway. Right. I'm the expert on this. You don't know what you're talking about, right? It's, it's not that. Right. So, um, yeah. So similar to you, you had this big physical healing on your left side. Yeah. I have been carrying massive tension in my right knee, my right psoas, my right SI joint for freaking years, wow. years, right? Mm -hmm. And you go see and I a go, trainer uh -huh, and a physical therapist. Yeah, I go do all my little <laughs> physical stuff and sort of realizing like energetically, it's been so much deeper than that. And so I did uh, this big, you know, on this retreat, did all this release work, all this anger work, all this letting go work. And my body, it just freed up so much, like yeah. my SI pain is gone. My psoas pain is gone. It's sort of like the realization for me of healing this inner masculine um, and being more in a healthy place around it and drawing that energy in to my life is it's, 
it's been, it's a game changer and I'm so fresh in this. So I, I'm almost like, I shouldn't be talking about this right now because I don't know where this is taking me, but I do know already it's been profound. Well, and the awareness is there now. So yeah. this is just the beginning for both of us to know yeah. how to move forward with the awareness. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I have to say for anyone listening, like this idea that physical pain is really stuck energy Yeah, <laughs> is life-changing when you realize that. Yeah. And also there's this automatic feeling of like, how I need to get rid of it. Yeah. Like, and, and so, you know, doing retreats, doing certain exercises, somatic experiences somatic releases, and releasing yeah. and working with somatic based therapist yeah. is huge. It is, isn't it? But I agree um, that, you know, both of us are, you know, we're only two examples of this, but we were both carrying a lot of physical manifestations in our body. And I believe everyone is And the older you get, the more you're like, why is my right hip always off? Or why does my right thumb ache all the time? Or why is my left ankle always twisting on me? Well, this is my encouragement to begin to really question and look at her. Why does every injury always happen on the left side of my body? Right. Right. Um, we have to, our body is constantly giving us, messages. giving us messages. And if we can start to talk to the body, listen to the body, soothe the body, go deeper into the body and figure out why it's holding pain. Um, we're going to move really much quicker in our healing. And I agree our work, I believe in this lifetime is to move that shit through the body, right? Like yes. where you're constricted, where you're holding, where you're tight. Our job is to work, to release it, clear it and let it move through, let it flow through. So we are much more open channels. Yeah. Yeah. So we're both kind of fresh on this idea of yeah. um, what we've experienced, but it, it was, it was funny when we finally came back together because these were separate experiences. We're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's the play today too. Like I'm, I'm working on this piece. You're working on this piece. And, you know, and I love that they're opposite. Actually, I, know, I love I that we both are, you know, kind of yeah. doing similar work, but in opposite ways and different ways and coming up with new insights about it, what, what it means for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to take this in uh, to just maybe a side discussion for a moment about, um, because this, was really clear to me in this last week is how angry I've been at patriarchal concepts and institutions. And that for me, I was just angry at men in general and not particular men just, and right. I didn't even know it wasn't even, I wasn't even fully conscious of it. I was just like, right. You know? And so I, you know what part of my healing this last week is that we can so easily blame men and the patriarchy, but this is really misguided and that patriarchal systems have formed really who knows how long, at least 3000 years, if not longer. And we, and I do want to outright say yes, based on patriarchal cultures, men do experience more privilege than women. That's yes. how they're set up. So that, that is a truth. Yes. But men are also harmed and subjugated in their own ways by this system. And so men, how are they harmed? They have to hide their tears. They have to hide right. their feelings. They have to hide their sexuality at times. They can't be in deep 
uh, intimate connection with their male friends. They have to drink beer and shoot darts, right? Like they have to always be in charge. They have to be the provider. They have to be the protector. They have to be stoic. They can't break down, right? So we women are not the only ones enslaved by patriarchy. So it's a toxic system. Everyone suffers. Absolutely. Right? And we, you know, as we break these down, as we work to bring these into balance, it's really important for men to do the same. Yes. And for us to give permission for men to do the same. Yes. So in relationships, you know, sometimes, you know, as they become more vulnerable, there's a need for women to step into that more masculine role. And that's the balance in a relationship that, you know, changes too, as people are growing and trying to balance these things. And I do feel like in our world, I think back to like during early COVID and people were like, why are the countries with women leaders handling COVID better? And it was literally, yeah, literally like New Zealand. Question. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were several that were, the numbers were better. The response was better. The messaging was better. There was more empathy. There was, there, there were qualities in those leaders that were women that were made for a crisis. Yeah. You led really great in a crisis as a CEO. I mean, that was one thing you saw that you could step up in a different way. Well, suddenly the, and I I hate to call them soft skills. Someone told me they should be the higher order skills. I I think that's so good. Those were suddenly, they rose to the top. Being collaborative, communicating, being empathetic, um, being creative, all the things that, you know, I used to have to kind of hide about myself. <laughs> Suddenly people are like, oh, we love good. that. Yeah, That's you're great. doing that, right? And so, so feminine leadership, I think, is now, I think we're on a new frontier where we need more of that. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be women. Exactly. And that's the point, right? It's, it's the feminine energy that we need yes. from whoever yes, is willing, whoever's to, willing to live that and bring that and embody that. Yes. Yeah. So it changes the conversation. And And I will have to say, and I'm wondering if you would be willing to share this. um, I know that your partner has actually really been working on his own inner feminine and has really softened a lot. And that there have been times for you where as a woman, you're like, I don't know if I like this. And so as women, we have to be willing if we're asking men to step into their feminine, that we don't shame them. We don't turn away from them. We don't think like, oh, but I really miss that strong stoic guy who just always held it together. Right. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I think once, you know, when, when in a relationship, two people are kind of doing this work, growth work of any kind, and you start to identify you know, whether you're doing a yin yang or how imbalanced am I or your masculine feminine, you know, it requires you to look inward. And, and so, which is vulnerability at its core. And so as someone becomes vulnerable and, and when they show up vulnerable and, and in a relationship, there's, there's immediately a choice, right? You either hold space for that and let them feel like that's okay. Yeah. Or you don't. Yeah. And so that is the work of, um, conscious relationships, relationships, honestly. Yeah. 
And, um, and then having the conversation about it, like normalizing that, like, you know, um, and, uh, and not kind of being afraid to talk about that. Um, so yeah, it definitely has shown up for us that way where, you know, and I think in a relationship when two people are on kind of a growth, individual growth and joint growth, um, you, there's a lot of stops and starts, right? Like we've talked about this. It's like kind of moving down the road together and someone might go ahead a little bit and then, you know, the other person might catch up depending on where they are with things, but it's that constant communication, often the feminine qualities that like make that, make that okay. And like, um, so So I want to, um, sort of tie some of this together and maybe wrap some of this up with, um, maybe a call to action to our listeners. And this idea comes from a book that I read. Actually, I think it was at the beginning of the pandemic. And the book is called Why the Patriarchy Persists by Carol Gilligan. And Carol Gilligan is a a psychologist who I studied her work as a grad student 20 years ago. And this was a recent collaboration she'd done with someone else, but it's so well-written and it, it evoked so many ideas in me. And again, the whole premise of the book is that everyone's being harmed by this. And so she said um, how it kind of looks, looks how it's manifested is that women have had to lose their voice. Mm -hmm. So women can't speak their truth. They can't express their divine masculine, which is, I have an idea and it's logical and I want to achieve this. And this is the direction I think we can go. And what do you think of this? And it's this insightful goal oriented, you know, so women to stay in relationship to men, to stay in connection with men have had to abdicate their voice. Right. Stay small. Stay small. Men have had to lose their feelings. Mm-hmm. They have had to ignore their feminine. They've had to ignore that nurturing, intuitive, soft feeling side of themselves as a way to connect with a woman, right? So, but really, no one's connected. So exactly. <laughs> so that is the that is the point. What the patriarchy yeah. has done is none of us are able to truly connect because yes. women don't have a voice and men don't have feelings. So it's a dysfunctional dynamic, both directions. Yes. So we have to be willing to work with our missing parts. Mm-hmm. So I think as women, we have to be willing to start to speak up. We have to find our voice. We have to step into our power. We have to find that inner strength, that inner structure. And support one another. And support one another, which we hope we're doing in this podcast. And men have to be willing to step into their feelings and step into their intuitive sense and their sensitivity. And we can't shame men for doing that. Right. Likewise, they need to support us in finding our voice and finding our power. So, and that's when the big shifts are going to happen in our world. The big shifts are going to happen. Yeah. So you might be saying right now, if you're listening to this, but how am I ever going to make this happen in my relationship? I can't foresee this. So one of the themes we always come back to in this podcast is we have to start with ourselves. So 
So just what Kate and I have been describing today is Kate is healing her inner feminine so that her inner masculine and feminine can be more balanced, which means she's going to show up in all of her relationships different. And I'm healing my inner masculine so that my feminine and my masculine can be better balanced. So I show up in my relationships more balanced. So this is how we do it. Right. For a more balanced world. <laughs> and, and it may mean that your partner or your friend or your boss still is in this dysfunctional pattern. And then you may have to make some hard decisions about how yes. you have to go forward. But our first step is always heal it. Take responsibility for your participation in all of this. Right. When we work with our own missing parts, things change. The problem and the solution is all in ourselves. Yeah. And I'll just add as a parent, there's huge opportunity once you're doing this work for yourself to also encourage my boys yeah. to have feelings, to help my daughter and support her ambition. And like also, yes. you know, parent in a way that's very conscious of this yeah. as well. Yeah. Wow. I loved this conversation. I know. This is good. Thank you. Thanks, Betsy. And now the amazing singer songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.